If you're taking notes, write this down. Write down motion activated. Motion activated. And that's what my sermon is called today. And it talks about how God is motion activated. That motion gets God activated. Motion gets God started. I'm going to prove it to you. But the first thing I want to say about it is everyone that God ever used in the Bible, they were all doing something. God never used people that were asleep. God never used people that was checked out. God always used people doing something. David was shepherding. The disciples was fishing. Elisha was plowing. Everyone that God ever used was doing something. And if you want to be used by God, don't sit on the sidelines and say, I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go. I don't know who to talk to. No, you get up off your seat and you say, God, I'll go wherever you tell me to go. I'll serve whoever you tell me to serve. I'll pray for whoever you tell me to pray for. And when God sees your motion, he'll give you direction. When God sees your motion, he'll give you direction. If I knew where God wanted me to go, I'll move. God said, if you moved, I may tell you where I want you to go. God is waiting on you to move. God is waiting on you to do something so friends you got to be willing to get up out the seat and do something because faith requires action I'm gonna say it again faith requires action in order to walk in faith you got to have action see the Bible never said think by faith it wasn't enough the Bible never said talk by faith it wasn't enough the Bible says walk by faith in other words faith is not a posture of standing still faith is a posture of walking God I'm gonna move in faith when you give me a word I'm gonna move in faith when you say something to me I'm gonna move in faith faith isn't something we stand by faith is something we walk in friends you have to walk in faith faith is an action word in other words if I said to you, hey, right now they're giving out free cars outside of this building. If you believe me, you'll get up right now in the middle of my message. God going to judge you too. I'm just playing. But you'll get up in the middle of my message and you'll run up out of here. Why? Because you believe there was free cars outside. Oprah out there, you get one, you get one, you get a car, you get a car. And if you believe that, you will run out of here because that belief will require action. If you believe what God said, if you believe what God said about your family, if you believe what God said about your life, if you believe what God said he was going to do, it would require action. You will begin to walk in what God said he'll do. Now, friends, let me tell you something. Your faith isn't powerful. The Bible says you can have faith the size of a mustard seed and move mountains. Your faith doesn't have the power. Your God has the power. But your faith empowers God to use his power. Let me say it again. Your faith doesn't have the power. Your God has the power. But your faith empowers God to move. Because faith is a kingdom key. It's a kingdom key. In other words, God is like a man standing outside of your door. And he's coming in your house, and he's coming to hook up maybe your television or your Wi-Fi, your Wi-Fi setup inside of your home. And he has all this power, he has his bags, he has all his stuff, but you have the key to the house. And you have to unlock the house and let the man in with the power that can change your situation. God is saying, I'm outside of your life with power, with provision, with healing, with breakthrough. We're breaking off generational curses. Whatever you need, I'm standing outside of your life. And if you would unlock the door with faith, I will come in and I will move. I will change things. I would make a difference. But friends, how can you believe God if you don't walk out in what God is saying? How could God slay Goliath if you never face him? And there are some things that God wants to slay in your life that you're afraid to face. There are some things that God wants to do in your life, but you're afraid to move. I want to take you to the word 
If you have your Bible, go to Genesis. And I want to show you a hero in the Bible. The father of our faith. The one who wasn't afraid to move. The one who wasn't afraid to go. And we talked about Abraham last week. And we talked about how he was accounted righteous. In other words, Abraham and all the Old Testament saints, they lived before Jesus was born. And if you live before Jesus was born, how did Jesus die for your sins? If you live before Jesus, his blood wasn't spilled for you. So how could you be saved and go to heaven? And what God did was he said, I will account Abraham righteous. He wouldn't really be righteous, but I would account it to him. In other words, I'll give him a check that he can hold on and I'll come back and later cash it. And all the Old Testament saints, they walked by faith and they lived by faith. And they also died by faith. And they had this check on credit. But God said he had a better thing for us. Hebrews 11 that we would have faith on debit. That we wouldn't have to believe for the son of God. He would be in the bank for us. And his blood would be spilled for us. So all the Old Testament saints, they were all in Abraham. That's why God said, I'll make you a great nation and I'll make your number great. Because everyone to be saved will come through the covenant that I made with you, Abraham. But my question is, what would God require from a person to make this covenant with him? What would God demand? What would God want to see to make this covenant? If you have your Bibles, go to the book of Genesis chapter 22. We're going to read. Genesis is the first book in the Bible, by the way. Y'all, somebody at the back of their Bible. You're in Revelation. <laughs> Better get that glowing Bible. You could just type it in. You're right there. You look super spiritual. Y'all going to have to preach with me, too. Y'all going to wake up, all right? If I'm up, y'all going to wake up. Somebody back there, I'm so sleepy. I'm so sleepy. All right. Genesis 22, it says, Sometime later, God tested Abraham. I'm going to read it again. It said, Sometime later, God tested Abraham. He said to him, Abraham, here I am. He replied, then God said, take your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him as a burnt offering on a mountain. I will show you. What kind of God is this? Early the next morning, Abraham got up, loaded his donkey, and took with him two of his servants and his son, Isaac. When he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he set out to the place that God had told him about. On the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. He said to his servant, stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there. We will worship and then we will come back to you. Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and placed it on his son Isaac. He himself carried the fire and the knife. As the two of them went together, Isaac spoke up and said to his father, father, and his father said, yes, son, the fire and the wood are here, Isaac said. But where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering. My son and the two of them went up together. Verse 9, when they reached the place God had told him about, Abraham built an altar and there arranged the wood on it. He bound his son Isaac. In other words, he tied him to the wood and he laid Isaac on the altar on top of the wood. Then he reached out his hand and he took the knife to slay his son. So now he laid his son on the altar. He has him tied to the wood. He grabbed the knife and he got ready to slay his son. But an angel of the Lord called out to him, Abraham, Abraham, here I am, he replied. 
do not lay a hand on the boy. He said, do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. Abraham looked up and there in the thick he saw a ram caught by his horns. He went over there and took up the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called that place the Lord will provide. And to this day it said on the mountain of the Lord it will be provided. Friends, something so, so powerful happened here. Something so powerful. God came and he tested Abraham. He came and he tested Abraham. Now, why did God test Abraham? Because what's not tested can't be trusted. What's not tested can't be trusted. And God said, Abraham, if I'm going to trust you, I got to test you. If I'm going to trust you, I got to test you. And what do I have to test you with? I got to test you with what I would have to walk through. In other words, Abraham, I asked you to sacrifice your only begotten son. And when I asked you to sacrifice him, you was three days away from the place that I told you to sacrifice him in. So you you would have to walk for three days knowing that your son would be killed. You would have to travel and feel the agony of a lost son for three days. Why? Because I got to test you so I could trust you. Also, also when you took your son, I called you to take your son to Mount Moriah. And you took your son up to Mount Moriah. And when you took him to Mount Moriah, you didn't know the symbolism in taking your son to Mount Moriah. Because another father would take his son up the same mountain with a wood on the back on his back, just like your son had a wood on his back, to the same place, Mount Moriah. So Isaac went up to Mount Moriah, and also Jesus died at Mount Moriah. But friends, it gets better. Before Abraham slain his son, an angel came and stopped him and then the word said God himself will provide a sacrifice no you missed it God himself will provide a sacrifice the ram that God brought was just a symbol but God said you're gonna have a temporary symbol but I will bring you a permanent savior let me say that again God said that I'm gonna send you a temporary symbol but I will bring later a permanent savior and I want to tell you something there was a father who lost his son for three days on Mount Moriah who went and died for your sins and all the sins of the world and he made the covenant with Abraham why because Abraham Abraham didn't stand by faith. Abraham walked by faith. He walked three days by faith. He grabbed his son by faith. He took provision by faith. He built an altar by faith. I want to tell you, when you move, God to move. Just like that. When you move, God to move. Just like that. When you move, God to move. Just like that. I ain't never scared. Jesus Christ got my back. He wasn't scared to sacrifice his son because he knew God himself would provide a sacrifice. And if we go to the earlier parts of the scripture, he told his servants, we'll see you guys in a couple of days why because when you go on the fire with God you come out every single time as Shadrach Meshach and Abednego there was three in the fire but there was the fourth one standing in the fire in the image of the son of God I want to tell you I don't care what you're going through I don't care what happened in your life there's a God who loves you give him a shout of praise in other words in other words Abraham What's not tested can't be trusted. And God would test the faith of Abraham. And that's why he's called the father of faith. Because he was the only person that had the heart of God at that time. That he was the only person that can experience what God would experience when God would sacrifice his son. 
Because, Abraham, if I'm making this covenant with you, if I'm giving you the promise, if I'm giving you my son, you would have to know the weight of what you're carrying. And Abraham had a promise that carried all of us. That's why Abraham is our father. Friends, this is powerful. But guess what? He wouldn't have had the covenant if he didn't move. Why would God ask him to do that? Why wouldn't God just make the covenant? God made him not only move, God made him move for three days. Want to know why? Because God would have to move for three days. But here's the beautiful thing. The difference between Abraham and the father is this. The father's son wasn't saved, but Abraham's son was saved. In other words, God said, I'm not going to make you pay the price. I'm going to pay the price for you. Why? Because there's grace for your race. There's grace for your race. God has grace for your race. And our God pays the price every time. But he does ask us to walk through the process. I'm going to take you to my next point. Um, James 2 and 14 says, what does it profit, my brethren, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can faith save him? If a brother or sister is naked and desolated of food, and one of you say to him, depart in peace, be warmed and filled, but do not give them the things which they are in need of for the body, what does it profit? Thus also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is it dead? But someone will say you have faith and I, someone will say you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works and I will show you my faith by my works. In other words, the word is saying faith without works is dead. Faith without works is dead. In other words, your faith won't work if you don't. Your faith won't work if you don't. God is saying in order for your faith to work, you have to work. In order for your faith to move, you have to move. In order for God to respond to your faith, you have to have action. You have to have motion. And many of us are not seeing the response to our faith. Many of us is not seeing the move of God. Many of us aren't seeing the promise. And the reason we're not seeing the promise is not because the Savior is not providing. It's because we're not moving through the process. Faith without works is dead. Now, friends, you got to understand something. Your faith doesn't get God to work. No, no, no. Your faith doesn't get God to work. Here's what your faith does. Your faith says, God, I believe you so much, I'm empowering you to work. See, friends, you, got it. you missed it. You missed it. You missed it. See, in the kingdom of God, everything operates by laws. There's laws. When God gave you dominion over the earth, he couldn't violate your will. And in order for God to move in your life, you would have to believe he can move in your life. Every miracle Jesus ever did, almost all of them required action. Almost every miracle, Jesus was at the wedding. They ran out of wine. What did Jesus say? He didn't just turn water into wine. Jesus said, fill the water pots. Then I will turn water into wine. Most of the miracles have instructions attached to it. If you're believing from a miracle, what is God asking you to do? Because when God is getting ready to do a miracle, he will give you instructions. And Mary was at the wedding. She said, do 
whatever he said do. And they went and they filled the water pots with dirty water. And our Savior came and turned water into wine. That was a picture of your life. That us dirty people, we would come to church. We would come into the presence of God. And God would turn our filth and our dirt into purified wine. I want to tell you something, friends. Could God be telling us to fill this church and he would turn sinners into saints? Could God be telling us to touch this city and he would change our city? What is God saying? But friends, all the miracles, Jesus said, take up your mat. When the lady with the issue of blood touched Jesus' garment, he turned around and said, who touched me? Who touched me? Then he said, your faith has made you well. Why? Because God would always respond to faith. He will always respond. Our God is motion activated. I remember this one day. I had a meeting with this rich man, and he was very wealthy. We had a business meeting, and I said, what do you want to meet at? He said, come meet me at my house. I said, awesome. So I went to the man's house. I looked professional, had on my suit, looking good, smelling good. I mean, I was feeling myself. Excited. How are you doing, sir? Name is KJ Johnson. So good to meet you. Have my portfolio, my folder, my leather bag. I didn't have no money, but I looked like I did. Now, I'm sitting here and I'm talking to this man. And all of a sudden, my stomach started going off. I'm like, hold up, wait a minute. Let me put some Jesus in it. I said, sir, I got to use the restroom. And you know, you really got to go and it's going to come out. you like, so I'm kind of running to the restroom. I'm like, Jesus, Jesus, you make the darkness tremble. So I go to the restroom. And I'm on this man's toilet. And I'm using the restroom. And I'm in here. I didn't lit this man's bathroom up. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'll never get a business deal. Oh my gosh. So I lit this man's bathroom up. I wipe up and then I look for the flush on his toilet. Friends, there was no flush. There was no flush on his toilet. I'm panicking. I'm like, what are we gonna do? What are we gonna do? There's no flush on his toilet. I don't know what to do. I'm afraid. And friends, I was stuck between a rock and a hard place. There was a window in the bathroom. I could jump out the window. I could escape. I can walk out and face the music like a man, or I could sit here. And I sat here for two minutes. And then finally I said, man, I'm just going to have to say I got to leave. I'm going to have to run up out of here. I done blew this man's bathroom up. And finally I said, forget it. I'm going to make a run. So I put on my pants and I get ready to run off. And psh, the toilet flushed. I'm like, what just happened? Who in here? Friends. The toilet was motion activated. And the reason why the toilet didn't flush is because I didn't move. The moment I move, the toilet flushed. The moment I move, the toilet flushed. Many of you was waiting for God to move. But friends, God is motion activated. God said he'll move when you move. You're not waiting on a move of God. God is waiting on a move from you. And when you move, God will move. Just like that, when you move, God will move. Just like that, when you move, God will move. Just like that, I ain't never scared. Jesus Christ got my back. You got to move. If you say, God, I'm willing to move. I'm willing to move by faith. I'm willing to step out of my comfort zone. And I'll get out of my comfort zone and step into the faith zone. If that's you, give God a shout of praise. You have to be willing to move. Faith won't work if you don't. Faith won't work if you don't. And friends, the beautiful thing about faith is this. It's powered by God. That God 
powers your faith. And your faith can move mountains. Now you got to watch it because your doubt can create them. Let me say it again. Your faith can move mountains, but your doubt can create them. You got to trust God. When God gives you a word, you have to trust him. And guess what? God will test you. And God doesn't test you really so he can trust you. He tests you so you can trust you. God already knows what you're going to do. He already knows. But he tests you so you can trust you. So next time you're in a battle, you can say like, David, I killed a lion and a bear. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine? I'm telling you, I've been through the valley. I've been through the fire. I've been through the furnace. I've been through the lion's den. What is this red sea in front of me? God parted. God split it. All of the great miracles, friends. But every single time, they all require action in order to see a move from God and a miracle from God action is required let me say it again action is required let me say it one more time action is required now what is faith what is faith we said it last week faith is acting like God is telling the truth let me say it again faith is acting like God is telling the truth Faith is acting like it is so, even when it ain't so, in order that it may be so, simply because God says so. Let's say it again. (laughs) Faith is acting like it is so, even when it ain't so, in order that it may be so, simply because God says so. Faith is belief with legs on it, and you don't stand by it, you walk in it. You walk in it. Action is required. You're going to have To move. What is God asking you to move in that you're standing on? Is he asking you to move in that business? Is he asking you to move in that ministry? Is he asking you to move in your family? What is God asking? Some of you guys in here, God is saying, I want you to move. I want you to get involved in the church. Yeah, you're coming in. You're worshiping. You're hearing the word. But move. Some of you guys are here and you've been here for weeks. We have a growth track after every single service. And God is saying, are you going to move? Are you going to get involved in the church? Are you going to go through growth track? Are you going to take steps of faith? And friends, here's the deal. God is okay with baby steps. You can take small steps. They don't have to be big leaps. They can be small steps because the Bible says God is like a lamp unto our feet. He's not a flashlight. He's a lamp. He's not going to shine all the way down the road. He's going to give you step by step by step by step and here's how you follow God one step at a time and God says move you move and then God says move you move God says turn you turn God says turn you turn and it gives you step by step by step and God I'll trust you when I can't trace you I'll trust you when I can't trace you I'll trust you when I can't trace you I'll trust you when I can't see as long as I can hear your word because faith doesn't come by seeing faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God action required Friends, literally, we didn't have anything to start a church. We didn't have no money. I said we didn't have no money. Y'all don't understand how broke we was. We didn't have no money, none at all. But you want to know what we had? We had faith. And when you get ready to do something great for God, he doesn't check your bank account. He checked your faith account. And like we sung, if you have faith, God can move mountains. 
He can cause walls to fall with his power. He can do miracles. But you got to have faith. And when you have faith, nothing is impossible. Nothing is impossible when you have faith in God. Why? Because the miracle is not on the power of your faith. The miracle is on the power of your God. I'll move my chair here. Clean up the stage a little bit. Have your Bibles. Go to James chapter 1. James chapter 1. James chapter 1. Verse 2 says, one of my favorite verses. I'll give you guys a second to get there. You guys enjoying this so far? James chapter 1, verse 2. It says, one of my favorite verses in the Bible, by the way. It's powerful. It says, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters. Whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let me say it again. The testing of your faith. In other words, faith will always be tested. The testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature, complete, and lacking nothing. In other words, in other words, let me, let me show it to you. So you guys can see a mustard seed is so small, you can't even see it. But we're going to make this a mustard seed so y'all can see, all right? In other words... The Bible says, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you can move mountains. So in order to do a great miracle or a great exploit, you don't need a lot of faith. So you can have small faith. You don't need this big faith. You don't need this grand faith. You don't need this powerful faith. You can have faith the size of a mustard seed, which is way smaller than this. Right? Now, if I can have faith the size of a mustard seed, then why aren't I seeing more miracles? Why aren't I seeing, why, why, am I, why am I not seeing God move? Why am I not seeing the miracle? Friends, you got to understand something. It's because the enemy is coming to steal your faith. He's not coming to shrink your faith because it don't need to be bigger. He's coming to steal your faith. He's coming to take your faith. Now, the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. But doubt comes by seeing the trials of life. Faith comes by hearing the word of God. Doubt comes by seeing the trials of life. And the word of God says you're healed. The word of God says you're blessed. The word of God says you're the head and not the tail. Above only and not beneath. The word of God says that your kids will be saved. And if you train them up in a way that they should go, even when they're old, they won't depart from it. The word of God says that God has a blessing that he can't wait to pour out on you. The word of God says that you're not a child by worth, you're a child by birth. You've been born into the family of God. The word of God says you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. And faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. But doubt comes by seeing the trials of life. And what happened is I have this mustard seed of faith. But now what I see is contradicting what God said. Because God said I'll be healed, but I see sickness. God said my children will be mighty men and women of God, but they're partying, they're in the club, they're not coming to church. God said that he will provide and pay the bills, and now we don't have enough, we have lack. 
And now we're at this standoff because the enemy is standing in front of you and he's taunting you. And he said, you didn't get a word from God. You didn't hear anything. He's saying, drop your faith. The problem is, the moment you drop your faith, you arrest your Savior. When you drop your faith, you arrest your Savior. Because your faith is the keys that God uses to move by. So when your faith is dropped, the Savior is arrested. And he wants to move. He wants to heal. He wants to restore. But he can't do it because faith is God's key. Faith is God's key. And friends, the whole time, you thought you needed more faith. And then you go to church, and they just say, you just didn't have enough faith. You just didn't have enough faith. If you would have believed, God would have healed you. If you would have believed, God would have restored you. If you would have believed, God would have moved. And you're like, I was at the altar. I did believe God. I did trust God. I did have faith. God says, yes, you had faith, but you didn't retain faith. God says, in order to see the blessing, you got to retain faith. In other words, God is saying, you have faith, but you didn't let faith finish. In other words, you have to take that faith to the end zone. When God said you will be healed, you got to keep walking day by day. You got to keep moving. You got to keep going. You got to take the faith to the end zone. You have to have faith to start walking the walls of Jericho, but you got to have faith to keep walking the walls of Jericho. Because they walked around one time, nothing happened. They walked around three times, nothing happened. They walked around five times, nothing happened. They could have dropped faith, but they retained faith to the seventh day, and when they kept faith, the Savior came and Bless them and move. Friends, it's not that you don't have it. It's that you didn't retain it. God is saying it's not that your faith wasn't strong enough. It's that your faith wasn't long enough. Let me say it again. It's not that your faith wasn't strong enough. It's that your faith wasn't long enough. God says you need an enduring faith. When the hospitals come, you need to hold on to that faith. When the storms come, you need to hold on to that faith. When your husband seems uninterested, you need to hold on to that faith. When your family's fighting, you need to hold on to that faith. When you hate the job, you need to hold on to that faith. When you can't afford the business, you need to hold on to that faith. You need to hold on to that faith and take that faith to the end zone. And then God said, let perseverance finish his work. See, you let perseverance start, but you didn't let perseverance finish. You got to let perseverance complete the work. And when you let perseverance finish, then God said you will be complete, mature, and lacking nothing. Faith started, but faith didn't finish. Everyone said finishing faith. Everyone said finishing faith. Everyone said finishing faith. You don't need a faith that just starts. You need a faith that finishes. You need a faith that will take you to completion. You need a faith that will take you to the end zone. So, friends, here's what we do. We hold faith until faith finishes. We hold faith until faith finishes. How do you know when faith finishes God moves how do you know when faith finishes God's God moves faith finishes when you see the promise faith finishes when Goliath falls faith finishes when the Red Sea parts faith finishes when God stopped the mouth of lions Faith finishes when Lazarus been dead for four days and then he pop out with a thriller outfit on the fourth day and Jesus say, Lazarus come forth and he, my name is Lazarus. That is when faith finish. In other words, you have to hold faith until you see the response of God. You have to hold it until God responds. You have to hold it. And here's the problem. 
We can have faith in the beginning, but it's hard to have faith in the middle. It's hard because in the middle is dark. And typically when you get faith, you got faith in the light. Then you walk through the process and now you're in the dark. And now you can see and feel the presence of God. And now you're in the dark. You're in the valley. You can't see it or feel it. And now Satan is fighting you for your faith. He's fighting you. And he's not fighting you to shrink it. He's fighting you to steal it. Because you don't need much faith because you have a big, strong God. And you got to trust God when you can't trace God. You got to trust that God will do it. You got to trust that God would move. You got to trust that God will make a difference. You got to trust God even when you can't trace God. You got to know that God will make a difference. It's a story of this woman. And this particular woman, she was praying to God because she didn't have no food. She didn't have no groceries. She was hungry. And she was on the floor in the living room and she was praying to God. She said, God, we need food. God, we need groceries. God, I need you to move. God, I need you to provide. God, I need you to make a difference. And she prayed, and she prayed, and she prayed. Her next-door neighbor was an atheist, and he got tired of hearing her pray and trust God every day. So as he was standing by her window, he heard her praying about needing groceries. And when he heard her, he was like, I got her. I'm going to go to Walmart and get her groceries. Come on. And he goes to Walmart, and he gets his car, and he's buying all these groceries. And he's putting all these groceries in a cart. And he's excited. He's putting his groceries in a cart. And he goes to Walmart. He's like, oh, my gosh, I'm so excited. He was like, come on, I can't wait to pay for this. Yes, yes, I can finally prove that God's not real. So he goes up there, and he pays for the groceries. He's so excited. And he get all the groceries out of his car. He get them all out, and he put them in front of the lady's porch. He said, yes, this is going to be the greatest con ever. And he goes to her door, and he knocks on her door. Boom, 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 like the popo. And as he knocks on her door, he runs and he hides in the bushes. And he's hiding and he's hiding. He's hiding. The woman comes to the door. She sees the groceries. She said, God did it. 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 The atheist jumped out the bushes. He said, Aha! God didn't do it. I did it. I did it. I paid for those groceries. I bought those groceries, but she didn't break a sweat. God did it. 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 He said, woman, are you delusional? God didn't do it. I did it. I slid my debit card. I bought those groceries. She said, God did it. 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 God did it, and he used the devil to pay for it. Come on, somebody. I want to tell you something that God can do it. If you need a miracle, God can do it. If you need a healing, God can do it. If you need a breakthrough, God can do it. If you need restoration, God can do it. And God sometimes will use your enemy to bless you. Sometimes God will use the devil to bless you because on the devil's best day, he still works for God. I don't know what you're believing for, and I don't know what you're praying for, but I know who you're praying to, and my God has never lost a battle my God has never failed my God has never dropped the ball he didn't lose yesterday and win today he's the same yesterday today and forever God is undefeated and he's undisputed and whatever you need God can do it 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 
and he will do it. Stand on your feet. Let me pray for you.